He was cut from his basketball team and it served as the fuel to his success. No, this ain't the Michael Jordan story, but it's something similar. Imagine being invited to a party and then being kicked out of the party by the very person who invited you. How would that feel? Well, let's tell that story today. Kennedy the third RK3. Welcome to the What's My Story podcast. We have another amazing guest for you today. But before we jump into that story, I want to share with you a few pit, a bits of information. First of all, we want you to listen out for the new episodes of the podcast coming on the audio version on the audio channel. Go to What's My Story podcast.live. That's what's my story podcast.live. And you get all of the back episodes, all of the great stories that we've heard. I also want to thank our sponsor for today, Kayla O'Brien Media, for really just being an amazing partner and sharing with us their gifts, their talents, and helping our listeners to be able to push their messages further out into the world. So this podcast, again, we do this every Monday at 1.30, and the idea is really to share with you stories of grit, stories of perseverance, stories of passion, people that are able to take a pivotal moment in their lives and turn that into fuel for their success. So you want to make sure that you're locked in here. If you want to be a supporter of the show, head on over. Wrong side. There we go. There we go. Head on over to rk3tv.live forward slash BMAC. If you want to support the show, we appreciate it. We want to make sure that we can share this story, share these stories with a greater audience as well. You can also join me in the Storytellers Growth Lab by heading over to Storytellers tellersgrowthlab.com. Do me a favor. You can also shoot me a text. You want to know a little bit more. You want to be able to contribute for to the show. Go ahead and shoot me a text 410-936-4049. I promise I'll answer personally. I do. I do. I want to connect with you, my people, because I love you and I want to connect with you personally. So send me a message 410-936-4049. Today's guest is awesome, amazing, fabulous, because we only have fabulous guests on our show. We want to inspire you. So today's guest is Coach George Rice, and he is the voice of reason, a charismatic disruption that challenges each individual and team to objectively measure their performance, master their process, and manifest their plan. Coach George Rice is an educator. He's the author of Rebound for Success, Five Ways to Turn Adversity into your accomplice. Ooh, we're going to talk about that today. And his mission is to turn leaders into learners, into leaders and leaders into champions. Coach Rice, welcome to the show. What's happening, my friend? Hey, Doc, what's going on? Listen, uh, is that Robert Kennedy III? I just need need to know who to make the checkout to. Uh, You did such a phenomenal (laughs) job with the intro, man. I I feel like I need to pay you for the endorsement, man. (laughs) Well, listen, man, you've been putting out good work. You've been doing amazing work in the space. So you deserve the props and the kudos, man. So thank you for spending some time with us today. Man. I, re- I really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. It's an honor and a privilege. And again, it's so funny how you and I have been connected really probably in the last the last year um, yeah. in the space. So no, I'm honored, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. Let's go. 
Love it. Love it. Love it. So listen, your story. I mean, I want to I want to have you start from the beginning, but I want to have you tell us a little bit about yourself before that. So tell us a little bit about what you do now. Who is Coach George Rice? How do you serve the world? Coach George Rice III, I am an educator by, by DNA, not just by training. Um, born and raised in Toledo, Ohio, uh, which is Northwest Ohio. Uh, shout out to the 419. Uh, born and raised there. Uh, come from a family of educators, honestly. Um, well, my mother my mother and father both started their careers after college. They were college sweethearts. Um, yeah. They started their career. Uh, they started their careers as educators, teaching middle, teaching middle school. And my grandfather, George Rice Sr., um, was a baseball coach for years. And so wow. um, being an educator and a coach just kind of came naturally. You know, my father, my father coached me and then, you know, it just kind of I, I just got I got bit by the bug. And so, um, you know, one thing as an educator that I've really the biggest lesson that I've gleaned from the amount of for the, from the number of students that I've worked with from middle school to high school to college to um, you know, even students who are in graduate school is they all taught me lessons that helped me raise my children. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm super grateful. And I tell people, you know, I graduated from college back before electricity was invented in the 90s. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so um, I, I always tell people I feel I feel like I never really graduated from college, which, which is great. Because, um, yeah. again, man, I'm 137 years old. And, uh, yeah. you know, but but I but I feel like I've, I've graduated, but I never really is that the work that I do with the young people that I work with and even even the teams of people that I've worked with. Um, it just it still fulfills me. It still challenges me. It's still the one of the first things that I think about when I wake up. And so I always said that I wanted to make sure that my life was filled with stuff that I enjoyed and that I looked forward to, even the, the good, the bad and, and not so attractive. Right. And yeah. so being in this particular lane has continuously brought me fulfillment joy um and again I, I think once you have joy there's there's no there's no limit to where you can go and you know you talk about revenue there's no limit to uh what type of lifestyle you want to leave have and and yeah. leave for somebody else to actually say okay this person provided a valuable service so uh, I've been a coach for 20 years, coach basketball for 20 years. So, you know, yeah. people say, are you a life coach? I'm like, well, no, not really. I've coached basketball, but I tell people I stopped coaching basketball about 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I realized I've been coaching character the whole time. Wow. Basketball wow. just happened to be the vehicle and the platform. <laughs> wow. That's awesome, man. So one of the things that you you shared with me in the, in the notes prior to this episode is how you got involved in coaching or one of the things that that made you decide to get involved with coaching was an experience that you had in getting cut from a basketball team. Tell us a little bit about that experience about <laughs> of, of being cut. Absolutely. I went to St. Francis High School in Toledo, Ohio, all boys Catholic mm-hmm. school um, was known for their academics as well as their all of their sports but specifically their basketball program it it just so happens that it was less than a mile from my house and my dad was like no you're not going to public school so but i I saw a lot of my older you know older brothers and god brothers and cousins that went to st francis and were able to really have a good balance and so uh senior year um it just so happens the varsity coach is subbing in my in one of my classrooms 
Right. And so he says, my nickname is Chief. He says, Chief, he says, hey, after class, I want to talk to you. I said, okay, great, coach, no problem. And my job, I played in the program, you know, prior years. And so senior year, um, he, you know, I got cut my junior year. They were trying to keep more seniors. Understood, yeah. no problem. Uh, and so <laughs> what ends up happening is uh, after everybody, mind you, this is the last class of the day. He said, hey, I need to talk yeah. to you. I said, oh, great, no problem. He said, hey, how, how was your summer? I said, coach, it was great. How about yours? He says, good. He says, um, he says well, listen, um, after Labor Day, you know, our conditioning and open gym are going to start. I would love for you to come out and work out with us. You know, I, I, I think you'd be great. And, I, you know, I, I, this is your, you know, in other words, this is your official invitation to come mm-hmm. out and, you know, get, you know, it's a personal invitation, right? Yeah. Cool. So I'm excited. I'm like, okay, great. You know, I'll go home and tell my parents. They're super excited. Have a great Labor Day weekend, whatever, whatever. Get back. Boom. Go to open gym. Go to conditioning. Never miss a session. Uh, comes time for tryouts. And mm-hmm. so there were several guys that I that I played with, some guys that, that played football and basketball. So some of the football guys were late coming coming in. And so ultimately, um, myself and two other three other teammates of mine from JV, we tried out. And so about 75 guys tried out uh, first few days. You had you have four or five days of tryout. About 75 mm-hmm. guys came out the first day. So, of course, after the first day, they cut about 25 guys. Right. We're right down to 50. Um, so the next day after the after the second day, they cut about another another 20, 24, but, but another 25. Right. Um, so then the third day, you know, they're going to cut probably another, you know, however many more. And by the end of the week, you'll know who made the varsity team. Yeah. So <laughs> um, we get down and, and it comes down to the fact they knew that they were going to keep 14 guys. So it comes down to where there are about 17 or 18 of us left. Right. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, there were 17 of us left, 17, 16. And so uh, a, a, one of my teammates, Tony Mossing, boom, he gets the axe. The very next day, a guy named Nick Kuda got the axe. Now, Nick was a phenomenal shooter. Tony was more right. more known as a defender, right? I, I was a point guard. I'm still a point guard. I still feel like I got game. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I was a point guard. So I said, okay, they don't have many point guards on this team. There was a guy who had been playing varsity in front of me, you know, three years. So I was like, okay, at least I just want to make the team, right? I wasn't right. expecting to be a starter. And so, um, you know, they post a list after every, um, after every tryout or what have you. And so um, it just so happens after this last tryout, um, the following week, cause I said, no, you guys come back. We, we want to make sure we're making the right decision. So right. after that particular tryout day, um, the list was posted outside of coach's office. Mm-hmm. So I go and I read everybody's name on the list. And my name was not on the list. Wow. Wow. So I'm like, okay, coach is in his office. And I saw he, he wasn't, he didn't have anybody in his office. Boom. Make a beeline. Hey coach, can I talk to you? Sure. I said, well, Hey coach. Um, I see my name's not on the list. Um, I'm just wondering why I see you have, do you have a minute? I said, can you just talk, talk to me about, you know, maybe what I need to work on or why I'm not on the list. So he says, well, you know, Hey chief, you know, that's my nickname. He says, chief, you know, uh, you know, I, he said, I think you had a great tryout, whatever, whatever. You know, I think you're a great student. You know, all, all the stuff you don't want to hear, right? And right. he says, well, <laughs> you know, he says, well, you know, unfortunately, I can't keep you this year. I said, well, why not, coach? He says, well, you're just not good enough. Mm. Wow. I said, okay. Wow. All right. All right. But if I wasn't good enough, why did I make it all the way up to the last cut? Did, you, right. did it take you five or six days? to? Re- if I wasn't good enough, I should have been going with the first 25. Mm-hmm. Or even the second 25, right? You leave me down to the last cut. And here's what adds insult to injury. There yeah. was a guy who made the team who was playing football at the time who had a broken yeah. wrist. He never mm. tried out for the team, but he made the team. Wow. 
Wow. Clearly, I was not a happy camper. So it's November. If you've ever been to Ohio uh, in November, it is pretty cold. And, uh, you know, growing up in the household I grew up in, we were always yeah. taught, okay, when you leave the gym, you better put dry clothes on and a hat over your head. I was so pissed. I literally just said, okay, thanks, coach. I grabbed my stuff. I walked home. Uh, wow. it, it was, and it was, it was a cold November day in Ohio <laughs> and, uh, just walk home and, and, you know, just went in my, went, went in my room and I cried like a baby. Wow. Um, and, uh, it was, it was literally one of the most devastating things I had ever experienced. Cause I was like, well, wait a minute, man, you invited me. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't even sure if I was going to try out that year, Yeah, but you invited me and then only to cut me and tell me I'm not good enough. Wow. However, as you get older, and, and again, it was a thing where my father was like, well, no, I want to go talk to him. So my father said, well, no, let me have a word with you, right? <laughs> he yeah. says, you uh -oh. know, well, hey, man, uh -oh. you know, you, yeah, you know, and, well, yeah. you know, anybody who knows my pops, I mean, he's, he, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it doesn't sit well with him, right? So yeah. he says, well, I just want to know. He says, why would you invite my son out, right? Mm -hmm. Only to save him to the last cut to cut him, and you tell him he's not good enough. He's like, and then he found out that the guy who had a broken wrist, who clearly never tried out, but play yeah. football, be, but but due to the fact that he was a year behind me and was an athlete in the program, he got a chance to make the team. So my father wow. was like, well, hey, he said, I'll tell you what. He says, when he comes out of that cast, why don't you let my son play him for a spot? Wow. <laughs> wow. So I, I, I want I want to get to the rest of the story because we're, we're moving to a place where you get cut. Your dad goes in to give the coach the business a little bit. And Absolutely. now this kind of serves as fuel for you. Absolutely. But before we come to that piece of the story, I just want to jump over to a quick word from our sponsor, Kayla O'Brien Media. Are you a content creator, speaker, or thought leader? Do you pull your hair out every time you try to edit a video or get really disappointed when your videos don't get the views you're hoping for? It's okay to admit that you need help. If you're ready to stop wasting time and start spreading your message, it's nice to meet you. I'm Kayla O'Brien of Kayla O'Brien Media. I help creators in a variety of businesses get a foolproof game plan for their video content. Does that sound like something you want? No matter where you're starting from today, you need to know what your goals are, how to get the highest production value, and how to edit your content to fit correctly on each platform. No matter what your budget, there are options that can help you get started today. If you're ready to take your content creation experience from this to this, visit KaylaO'BrienMedia.com and let's connect. Kayla, thanks so much for that. Listen, if you are a content creator, if you're a speaker, if you are somebody who needs video in your business and you wanna make sure that you're not having to do it all yourself and your stuff is on point, make sure that you contact Kayla O'Brien Media. Let's get back to the story with Coach George Rice. Coach, so you get cut from this team. Yes, sir. To a dude mm -hmm. that has a broken wrist that didn't even try out. Yep. <laughs> and it's a true now story. you're- yeah, and now you're in this space where you can either continue to be angry at your coach and be upset about this, or you can do something with this. What do you do next? What is the thing that enables you to then move forward, and how does this fuel you? I give myself 24 hours to grieve this particular setback, mm -hmm. um, and literally the very next day, I get right back in the gym. And it just yeah. so happens there was a there was a Catholic youth organization team uh, that was, you know, a lot of guys that, you know, 
even if they didn't want to play for the school, they got cut from the school, they played in this league, which is still a very competitive league. Uh, it turns out that we ended up going to the final four that year in the state, which was pretty good. Um, yeah. And what's funny is that our varsity team that year was ranked number four in the state Our for, at my school. They were ranked. Mm-hmm. So it ended up being a, a great lesson. But I'm going to tell you what, the varsity coach at that time, caught, he taught me a valuable lesson. And mm-hmm. But then he also gave birth to me as a coach in that very moment. He didn't even realize it. Number one, wow. the first valuable lesson I learned from that is an invitation is not a promise. Mm, it's wow. Not. It's not a promise. And yeah. knowing that, I realized that, you know, you know, we can we can be invited to interview for a job, but that's not a promise that you're going to get the job. It's just not. Right. And so um, one thing I also realized out of that was that I said, if I ever coach I, and if, when I have to cut a player, I will never tell them that they're not good enough wow. because it rang in my ear. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. Like, uh, that's not something that you tell someone. You, there's a there's a way more diplomatic and charismatic way to tell a young person that hey, we just can't use you in this particular season for this team, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it's you know and again, he didn't know he didn't know right. he just figured okay well you you can take it, <laughs> but right. you don't realize what type of impact that has. But in essence, ultimately, every player that I've ever had to cut, I've never told them that they weren't good enough. Mm-hmm. I would say hey, in the future you may want to work on this. You might want to work on this. And what I would do is I would actually give them a list of things because we evaluated every single player, the players that we right. kept and the players that we did and the players that we cut. So what I what I did was created a metric for them to actually look at. Hey, here is what we're looking for at this stage of the game. Right. If you haven't if we don't feel that you have a, a, a certain amount of proficiency in this particular skill set, then we can't use you for this team this season. Right. Right. Um, but you're more you know, you're more than welcome to, you know, come and ask questions. If you want to come to practice, all my practices are open. I never shut practices off to students or, or parents. And so I was like, there's always an opportunity for you to grow and learn and, and, and know what my, my student, what, what my student athletes are learning. And so what, you know, even though I, I was clearly devastated at 17 years old, I didn't realize the favor that he did me because he yeah. introduced me to a world and a ministry that I've never grown tired of. And I realized was going to be a platform for me to not only teach, but to learn. And so as I work with teams, as I, if, you know, if I, as I work with student leaders, as I work with athletes, as I work with even professionals, I look at it from a team aspect because unbeknownst to most of us, we're all a part of a team, whether we realize it or not. If you have a family, you have a team, <laughs> period. Yeah. You have a role in your team. Like I grew up, you know, my, my grand, I grew up one of seven grandchildren on my, on my father's side and one of eight on my mother's side, you know, on my mother's side of the family. And, you know, being the youngest on, well, I was the youngest for a while. Then there were, there were two more cousins that came after me a little bit later on. Um, I realized what my role was, but even in that role, I, I, there are, there are, there are times I look back on my childhood and I realize what my role has always been. Mm -hmm. Um, And because I was the youngest, you know, in the pecking order, the youngest is never allowed to speak first or very long. <laughs> so right. as a result, I became a, I realized that my superpower was listening. And most yeah. people, yeah, everybody's gone through a shy stage and most people don't realize. They say, well, you're a communicator, you, you're a speaker, you're a coach, you're a consultant. I was like, yes, I am. I said, but speaking and coaching is not necessarily my, super, it's not my first superpower. It is a superpower, mm-hmm. but it's not my first superpower. My first superpower is listening. And yeah. what I did with coach's message, when he says, you're not good enough, I said, 
okay, I'm going to work to make sure that I'm always better than. Right. And not better than your opinion of me. Better than I was the day before. Better than That's I right. was the week before. Better than That's I was right. the month before. Better than I was the year or season before. And so, you know, I've, I've forgiven him. And let's just be honest. Was there more I could have yeah. done this summer leading up to trials? Absolutely. Plenty more stuff mm-hmm. I could have done. Definitely could yeah. have been in better cardio shape. Probably should have been lifting more. Um, probably should have been asking him, even as he's watching us play in open gym, hey, coach, what can I work on? Right. But you know what? It's not a shoulda, woulda, coulda. It's one that I actually appreciate. Because who knows? I may have never, ever wanted to coach had I made the team. Right. And when I think about my love and passion for basketball, I know that I've made more of an impact outside the lines than I ever had in between the baseline. Wow. 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 So I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that particular setback. I'm super thankful. I'm super yeah. thankful. <laughs> so you've got this book, uh, Rebound for Success, Five Ways to Turn Adversity into your accomplice. So can you share with us before we jump off of here, what is one of those ways that you can really practically turn your adversity into your accomplice? Well, rebounding is one of those things that is probably, it's it's a dirty job and somebody's Mm got to do it. (laughs) And what most people love about basketball is the fast pace of it. And Mm -hmm. if you want to get out and run, you got to rebound and run. And so One of the keys to rebounding, you ask Bill Russell, any of the great rebounders, Dennis Rodman, any of the great rebounders of our game, um, the most important thing isn't athleticism. It isn't isn't speed. It's technique. And the first principle is you got to box out. And when I say box out, you know, in in the scheme of the game, you think physically box out. Yes, that's part of it. But mentally, there are certain things we have to box out. There are certain challenges that we have to face, but then box out. There are certain people that we have yeah. to box out um, in order to keep them from de- from impeding our progress. And so mm. that's one of the first steps to rebounding. You got to first of all, you got to find somebody that could po- that could potentially get in your way of your goal or target, and you got to box them out because you want to get to your particular goal first. So wow. knowing who to box out knowing when to box out, but more importantly, knowing how to box out is the first fundamental principle to rebound. Wow. That's, that's powerful. That's powerful, man. I want to make sure that people get your book. I want to make sure that they connect with you further. What are you working on? How can they find you? How can they get your book online? I appreciate it. You can buy, my book is available on uh, Amazon. Um, it is, is available there. Uh, it is very affordable. It is, it is $19.99. Um, my next book is due out in July. That one is called Five Files That Most College Freshmen Commit. And it's a guide wow. to helping students that are embarking on the world in the matrix of college. It's really a book that's for first year students and their parents. Because again, mm-hmm. what, I've, what I've learned in my, in my 20 years as a higher ed professional is that um, you know, there's an there's an unrealistic expectation of college students um, when they land on whatever planet that they're landing on, that they know exactly yeah. what they want to do when they grow up. And yeah. my my son at five years old taught me a valuable lesson. Um, I asked him one night, what did he want? He said, Dad, can you come tuck me in? I said, sure. And I asked him, I said, well, Pop, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he didn't say anything. And so I said, well, maybe he didn't hear me. I said, Pop, what do you want to be when you grow up? And so 
you know, I, I don't know about your household, but in my household, when your parent asks you a question, you know, you better answer and answer yeah. soon. Right. Yeah. And so finally I said, I asked him one last time. I said, Pop, I said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you know what he said to me? What was that? Six. He wanted to be six. There we go. <laughs> and from that moment, from that moment forward, I said, I will never ask a young person, what do they want to be when they grow up? What do they want to do once they get out of college? Because, yeah. you know, while some people know beyond the shadow of a doubt, there are plenty of students who don't. And yeah. one thing we have to understand is that regardless of what we know or what we don't know, right. we make decisions every day. We don't always make the right decisions, but we have the yeah. opportunity to learn from the decisions that we make. And so that's that's what my next book is about to really kind of ease some of the anxiety, um, yeah. ease some of the anxiety on on the on the student part and to hopefully stop some of the parents in their tracks by putting unnecessary pressure on their young people that are starting college. So. Wow. That's so critical and crucial. I appreciate that. That is gold nuggets. That's that's knowledge. That's <laughs> wisdom. Listen, make sure that you get connected with Coach George Rice at coachrice.net. Get his book on Amazon. Be sure to support whatever he has going on because he is bringing great wisdom into the world. Listen, man, thanks so much for hanging out with us on the show today. It's been an amazing show. I thank Coach George Rice for hanging out with us. And I want to make sure that you don't stop your thirst for learning. I don't want I don't want you to stop looking for knowledge. I know sometimes you may have people that seem to put pressure on you and they want you to think so far ahead into the future and maybe you're not ready for that. Maybe you're not prepared for that. I want you to do just what he said. Stop comparing yourself to everybody else. Stop succumbing to everybody else's pressures and simply try to be better than the person you were yesterday. This has been Robert Kennedy III, RK3. This has been the What's My Story podcast. Make sure that you join us every Monday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget, everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story, and your story deserves a stage. I'll see you next week.